EMS World Expo is the largest EMS dedicated event in the world, and it's taking you places. And now we bring you stories from Expo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the EMS Garage and EMS World Expo 2019 here in lovely New Orleans. I mean, come on, who doesn't love New Orleans? Um, I'm Chris Monterey, your host, and we're here talking about stories from EMS Expo, and I'm joined by Mike McCabe. Mike, thank you, Mike. Um, and we're going to talk about getting responders uh, integrated in all responders integrated into plans. Mm -hmm. But first, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, one. thank you. Um, thanks. Uh, so I'm the chief of operations for McCabe Ambulance Service in Bayonne, New Jersey. Uh, it's a uh, it's a smaller but a larger type uh, EMS operation. Um, we my father started it in 1973 after wow. the Shell emergency. No kidding. Uh, yeah, and cool. so it's grown from there. I've been part of it for the last 20 years. Um, I've been a medic for the last 12 years. So nice. uh, a lot of stuff with that, and uh, you know a lot of stuff um, from the Northeast. Obviously, we're involved in a lot of large scale incidents and training. So right. Sit on a bunch of committees for that for that side of the house, and then you know also focused a lot on this active shooter mitigation. So what is your, so tell me about the idea of building these response plans. Sure, so I think more than ever uh, now, Chris, is the need to actually sit down and communicate with all disciplines. Mm. So after 9-11, it was a renaissance and emergency services. Everybody was training in, in every which way. Um, and there was so much grant funding that was coming down. It was great. Right. But we were all training in our own vacuum. And so that's yep. great because everybody has a lot of education and everybody has, is very specialized. But what we started to realize, especially in these uh, large-scale incidents and these active shooters uh, incidents specifically, is that when we come to these incidents, everybody has to actually integrate for that operation to be successful. And so more than ever now, we're starting to look at these types of incidents and these after-action reports and say, hey, listen, we have to be better at what we do because people are dying within three to five minutes in these active shooter situations. Right. Right. So we actually have to get medical to these individuals quicker than we did, you know, say back in Columbine, where the first right. medical touch was three hours. Right. We have to implement these things called rescue task forces and things like that, and that's where this all lies. So I interviewed a gentleman today that is doing the NFPA standard for yeah. active shooters. And yeah, so yeah. You, you know, you oh, know yeah. that. Are you on that committee? Uh, I sit on a, a separate committee, but we okay. actually use that a, a lot of the stuff that comes out of NFA, uh, NFPA for okay. what we're doing. So that's so it's interesting to me that um, he educated me a little bit. I said, yeah. ah, it's just about the fire service. He's like, no, it's not. and uh, he's from Boston, so mm -hmm. he he knew a lot about the EMS side of it and really had a passion for that. Have you seen that in your practice, where really the um, where EMS is now really more part of this rescue task force idea yeah. and all those things where we've now been kind of brought in. Yeah, I think that I think that there's been a, a few triggers that have uh, enabled EMS to be more part of the discussion. Okay. You know, after the Boston bombing, the Boston Marathon, when we had, mm. you know, that's when tourniquets became the yep. big deal, right? Yep. And that's when bleeding control became the big deal. And you know, and then we had, you know, prior to that, we had Sandy Hook where we had kids die. And any time, right. any time we have that we see change happen immediately. Right. When kids die, right, and, and we go back and we look at these Good types point. of things, it drives change. And so I think now, based on these types of incidents, yes, EMS is more involved, but there's still a great gap that exists nationwide in getting them to the table and right. being empowered to do this. You know, right. Because, let's be honest, we've always been 
in the shadows of law enforcement and fire services. Right. So now, now that we have concrete data that shows we need medical on these scenes right away, it's driving it for us. How, so I'm the local EMS guy, sure. and what are some of the tips you could give me to get involved? Like, I go to meetings, they don't invite me. Or how do, how do you get those, how do you get involved on a local level to get to get invited to the meeting sure. to begin with? I think what you have to do is you have to be empowered to act, number one, right? right? So, I mean, if we sit on the sidelines and we complain, nothing's gonna happen. You right. have to drive change on your own. Right. And so what happens is, as part of the EMS community, um, in your specific town or wherever you are, jurisdiction, you have to go to the leaders of EMS, and if you are a leader, then you have to go yourself and say, hey, listen, I have a seat here, right, because I'm right. a third service. And so right. we have to be able to be part of these meetings. And if you have to provide data, hard data, and after action reports, which are made public, you know, to emergency services on these types of incidents, and say, hey, right. listen, we need three to five minutes to get to these people. It's not just about the professional services. It's about right. training your civilians, too which right. is something that we're doing quite a bit now as well. Oh really, tell me, how, how are you doing that? Sure, so civilian-based bleeding control and, and mm. classes such as uh, Before Help Arrives and those types of things have taken over because what we realize is that those are the first care providers. Those are the right. people that can make the big difference. Because well, look at Vegas. That was a huge That's thing. That's exactly yep. it. And it's not just Vegas, right? It's anywhere, like yep. in Aurora, in a movie theater, mm -hmm. and those types of things. Bleeding control kits and boxes is just as important as public access to fibrillation. Right, right. And we do see it going in that way. Right. But training individuals to the same level as far as basic bleeding control as we train the professionals right. is absolutely paramount to making this thing work. Well, I've been in EMS so long that uh, when I started, tourniquets were a big thing. Yep. And then they weren't a big thing, Correct. and now they're a big thing again. Exactly so right. yeah, I think that's what happens in EMS. You just Wait long enough and it all just comes back. You're I'm, I'm so waiting right. for Bertillium to come back. It, it, it may not. Bertillium and Mass Pants. Well, Mass Pants are coming back, which yeah, is weird. Are. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk exactly about that. Exactly right. So, um, fascinating work that you're doing in New Jersey, but yes. tell me tell me about this Rescue Live thing. What's, what's that about? <laughs> so, Live Rescue. Um, or Live Rescue. Yeah, thank you, Live yeah. Rescue was a uh, it was a show that was a spinoff of Live PD okay. uh, on A&E Network, and um, they came to us at McCabe Ambulance Service, and they said, hey, listen, would you be interested in being part of the show? Um, and really what it was is it was a way to literally put EMS out there, which That's was great. Cool. I thought yeah. it was awesome. And so they followed us around on calls, um, you know, and obviously there was, there was HIPAA implications and we right. always have to have, you know, uh, sign off from patients. But uh, after a few episodes, I was out on the road and then they asked me into the studio. Cool. Um, so I did 11, uh, 11 episodes inside the studio as an analyst. Um, and it was an amazing experience, but Very more cool. so for you know, just the level of understanding and awareness that's going out to the general public. Again, right. you know, law enforcement and, and fire services, they're out there all the time. This is a way that we can educate the public right. and hopefully, hopefully empower some youth to actually want to become EMTs and paramedics right. and, and bring that awareness as to what it is we do. And we're not just ambulance drivers, you know, right. and you know, the, the stereotypes that we hear all the time. So exactly. it's, been, it's been a great trip. Um, you know, those types of, sh that show is specifically Live Rescue as well as, um, you know, uh, you know, Night Watch and Night Watch mm -hmm. Nation. Those are all shows that are doing great work to get Agreed. it out there, to get Agreed. that info out Because there were so many bad shows in oh, the yeah. 90s and early 2000s that yep. just depicted us all as either drug addicts yep. or right, you, you, name the, you name the problem. It, 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 it showed us in a bad light and Correct. I do appreciate shows that really highlight the professionalism in our industry and want to elevate us a little bit to go, oh, 
they actually provide healthcare. Correct. Amazing. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. So thank you for doing. No, that. my pleasure. You know, and I think it's really important just to you know these types of shows are are real. They're right. live, and so you know everybody that you know watches these pre-produced shows, you know, you know like these shows that are done for you know entertainment value. Right. It shows the people hanging off cliffs and all these other things, but this actually shows the down-to-earth type jobs that right. we do, and it, and it really focuses more on the interaction that we have with the patient. Yes. Which so you know a, pa a patient that is not overly acute or ill, but you actually just talk to them and have that interaction. The general public appreciates that. They right. appreciate seeing what it is we do on a daily basis. Completely agree. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for talking about. Um, just the idea of bringing responders and paramedics together finally really and important. creating really important plans. So where can people find information about you? Sure. Um, so you can find uh, you can find anything about me on uh, McCabeAmbulance.com. Cool. Uh, you can also, I'm on social media, I'm not the best at it, but McCabeChief211 uh, are all my handles, Instagram cool. and Twitter. Um, and you can find me there, but I'm happy to, to speak to anybody about this. We, we developed this plan in Hudson County, uh, in New Jersey. It's working very well, and, uh, and we're hoping to uh, we're hoping that it spreads. That's awesome, well, Chief. Thank you so it's much. I really pleasure. appreciate it. My pleasure. And thank you all for watching the EMS Garage and Stories from Expo 2019 here in New Orleans. I'm Chris Montera. Look for more great content right after here, right after this, right after here. <laughs> Right after this. Right after hearing this. And this and that. <laughs> yeah, that'll make the that'll make the that'll be it.